0: This morning, we are continuing our journey through the book of Acts. Each week on this journey, we have seen how the Holy Spirit came upon the church and began to work in incredible ways. This is how the church grew from a group of people without power without education, without influence, without resources into the most powerful community in the Roman Empire and ultimately the world. Each week we've looked at the, the Holy Spirit, how the Spirit has encouraged and directed followers of Jesus. And so this morning we get an intimate picture of the working of the Holy Spirit. It's a picture of of what it means to walk with the Holy Spirit. It comes from, this morning, the book of Acts, chapter 16. Uh, we'll read verses 1 through 15. So this is the point where I say, and I encourage you to uh, follow along in your Bible. We have words behind me, but uh, you can also use your phone. And if you're of the old school mindset, we actually do have Bibles. they <laughs> pretty cool. I uh, encourage you to follow along as we read Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 15. I'll be reading that this morning from the New International Version. From verse 1, Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region, Pergia, and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia, Standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day, we went to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Amen. (laughs) We have here what reads a little bit like a travel journey, uh, a travel journal uh, of Paul and his companions. And... It begins with Paul arriving in Derba and Lystra. The book of Acts tells tells us that this was where a disciple named Timothy lived. Now, you probably know that Timothy is and becomes a very good friend of Paul and, and a very important leader in the life of the early church and to us even today. Because there are a couple of letters written to Timothy in the Bible. Now, actually, we could spend a lot of time talking about Timothy and his relationship with Paul. Maybe we'll get to that, but not today. <laughs> not today. Because it's it's so cool though to see that this is the occasion where Paul and Timothy connect. It happens right here in Acts chapter 16. And it, it, that's cool enough. But it's especially cool to realize that Acts chapter 16 comes right after Acts chapter 15, where there was a conflict in the early church. We talked about that a few weeks ago that this great little church just became in a big becoming a big church, um, looked wonderful, but there was actually conflict in it. And, and what we see here is that God works through the conflict because Paul and Barnabas actually split ways. And what we see here in Acts chapter 16 is that the Holy Spirit is faithful, even if we don't get it quite right. The Holy Spirit is faithful, even if we're a little afraid of the steps, even if we're a little confused, even if we're a little tired or frightened along the way. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is faithful. And so we have this conflict in Acts chapter 15, and then here in Acts chapter 16, Paul meets Timothy. That's pretty cool. The Spirit has a plan for directing and encouraging us along the way. So in this passage, we see how Paul is being directed by the Holy Spirit. After connecting with Timothy, Paul moves on to Troas, where he meets another imp- important person in the Bible. This is so cool. It's actually, this is, I think, one of the coolest moments uh, in the entire Bible. It happens in Acts chapter 16, and it happens right in verses 9 and 10. It says, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Do you see it in this passage? What happens? Do you see some of you who are linguistic? Everybody here is a linguistic studier of some kind in the international church, international community. Do you see what happens to the English language here? There's a shift in pronoun. I'm going to pull out a little English. uh, I've been in Hungarian classes all week, so uh, I'm thinking linguistically. What happens is they becomes we, and them becomes us. You see what happens? The author of the book of Acts meets Paul right here. Luke, Luke and Paul meet each other. That's so cool. And for the rest of the book of Acts, it's we and us. And so right here in this moment, the tense of the book of Acts changes from all the way out. I think, I think that's super, super cool. And Luke, he's not just a historian taking note of this. Luke is all in. He is ready to jump on board. He is actively engaged. He affirms, yes, God has called us to preach the gospel to them. Clearly, God is using this journey. The Holy Spirit is at work. He's, Paul's met Timothy, and he's met Luke, but there's one more person that paul's going to meet here who is very important paul moves on to philippi where he meets another important person he meets lydia lydia is actually the first christian convert in what is now known as europe well that's pretty cool lydia is the first european christian uh that's cool that's cool and and we see that uh in in verses 13 through 15 a description uh, that she is a, she's an influential, she becomes an influential church leader. But, but no, whenever a biblical author goes to, to some effort to describe a situation or to destri- describe someone, uh, then it's pretty important uh, that, that the author wants us to know something about Lydia and the fact that she was a, a dealer in purple, purple goods, purple clothing. Well, what does that mean, purple? We, who likes purple? Uh, a few people like purple. Scott, you got a purplish shirt on today. Nobody else is wearing, this was the day of purple. We didn't get the menu out, the memo out. Purple represented wealth. Actually, it was kind of a royalty color back then. It was difficult to fabricate that particular color. And so those who did uh, were able to make a profit of it. She was a dealer in this. So at the very least, we know that Lydia was pretty wealthy uh, in, in this regard. And the book of Acts tells us that she was a worshiper of God. And at the riverside, she hears Paul preaching the gospel. And she, as she does, the Lord opens her heart. And so she and the members of her household are baptized and go on later to support Paul in his ministry. It, it, this is a really cool moment in the life of the early church. We were actually, uh, our family, we were actually at this location a few years ago. We, we had a conference with a, a group of missionaries, and we went to Philippi. And uh, while we were there, we thought, you know, let's go down to that river uh, we read about in the book of Acts. So we went down to the river. Uh, there was a group of well, maybe 10 of us, maybe 15 of us. I, I don't remember. It was probably closer to 20 and because there were six of us in, in, the, in, the, in the mix. And we went to this place, it was November, and it was actually on the day that Americans celebrate Thanksgiving Day, which was, was a Thursday, and so we were kind of all there with a thankful spirit, thinking about the turkey that we're not, we were not going to get to eat, and, uh, uh, but we were so thankful, and so we went along uh, the, the riverbank, and we sat, and we had, we had some prayers. It was kind of cold, actually, that day. Is my, my picture up, or was it up already? No. Uh, It was cold that day. There it is. And uh, we were watching uh, that Someone had gotten into the river upstream. And as they were coming down, we were a little worried because it was really cold. But as they got closer and we could talk with them, we realized that this was a pastor in some church leadership that who had gotten into the water to baptize a family. And so there was a baptism, a baptism service right there in our midst. And and we were all led there. And we actually became the choir for the baptism service on Thanksgiving Day. It was so cool to see how the Holy Spirit could just kind of put you at the right place at the right time. It was a kingdom building moment. And we were invited to be part of it. You see, I believe so much that that is how the Holy Spirit works. In ways that we can't control, in ways that we, we don't always understand, but in ways that are a part of something bigger, a kingdom-building moment. And perhaps as we've seen in this passage, one moment after another. And the Holy Spirit invites us, He draws us in. And and, and when we see that, you know, when we look back on it, you know, hindsight we say is 2020. It's so clear. It's so evident that this is how God works and is at work in our life. I mean, the Bible has some really good examples of that, of the clarity of the work of God speaking the Holy Spirit. There was Moses and the burning bush. Remember that story? And then there was Gideon who wanted to know God's will and, and the Lord gave him a fleece that he could tell how he was to move forward. And then there was Saul we read about not too long ago on the Damascus Road, the the bright, shining light, the voice. When, When God works and speaks this way, when the Holy Spirit leads us this way, it's so obvious to tell how the Lord is leading us. But I suspect that you have walked with the Lord long enough to know that not every moment in our walk with Jesus is that clear. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's a little hard to see how God is at work in our lives. Sometimes the, the vision is maybe not so clear in the moment. And, and yet we, we desperately want to know God's will. Sometimes we, we get a little too anxious about it. We want to know what God wants so much. We want to know his plan, what his leading is. We want to know it today. Actually, we want to know it yesterday. And we, we struggle to wait for God to reveal, for God to show. And sometimes that gets us into a little bit of trouble. It's, it's a little bit like the story of the guy. He was having some troubles in his life, and he decided he was going to go to the Bible to find the answer. And well, that's a good answer, right? A good choice. So he, he goes to the Bible. He says, Lord, whatever you say, I'm going to do. And so he's not much of a Bible scholar, but he knows the Bible's important. So he opens up the Bible and points to a random verse in the Bible, and it says, Judas went out and hanged himself. He thought, Oh, that can't be right. I must have made a mistake. So he shuts the Bible, he opens it again, and randomly picks another voice, verse that says, Go and do likewise. He thought, oh, this is not good. So he gives it one more try, he randomly opens the Bible to a verse that says, Whatsoever you do, go and do quickly. My friends, this is not how to discern the will of God. This is not how to study the Bible. Oh, God's will is is clear, but it's not like that. In our passage today, we get clear insight on what it means to keep step with God the Holy Spirit. That's what we see here with Paul. And it's actually what Paul later teaches from this experience in the book of Galatians. So Paul writes this letter, you know, he's in the Galatia area and he writes this letter later to the church in Galatians and Galatians 516. He says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Isn't that cool? Out of his own experience, Paul encourages the church, he encourages us today to walk by the Spirit, to keep step with the Holy Spirit. But how? That's the question, right? How does Paul do it? How does Paul keep step with the Holy Spirit? Well, First of all, we have to know that Paul wanted to go to Asia, Uh, Asia Minor, we say. This this was not actually Asia as we would know it today. This would be uh, more like modern-day Turkey. Uh, that's where, where Paul wanted to go. But Acts 16, 6 says, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, Paul was convinced in his mind that the next strategy, according to Paul's version, was to was to go ahead and reach the Gentile word through through going to Asia Minor. And, and sometimes that happens, right? Sometimes we we are so convinced we know God's will. Uh, the Holy Spirit has spoken to us a word and we know it. And and but in the end, we find out it's not the Holy Spirit leading us. It's our own spirit leading us. Sometimes we want it so bad or we're afraid of something else or a multitude of other reasons. And, and it gets really hard to sense the Holy Spirit's voice in our life. But in this passage, Luke tells us that Paul and his companions were kept from going there. This is actually a very interesting Greek word in the text because it it means to hinder. It's it's kind of a passive word. It's not a it's not a a strong aggressive word. It's a passive word. The Spirit had gently guided Paul's mind and his feelings and his reactions and his thinking. The the Holy Spirit was at work in a in a subtle long-term kind of way to help Paul decide that it was not God's will to go to Asia province, but instead go straight in the direction he was going. Paul listened to the Holy Spirit instead of his own fears and desires. And that way, Paul knew that the door was closed. You see, when we are in step with the Holy Spirit, God will use all of our intellectual and emotional capabilities. In this way, God's will becomes a desirable option. But only that this only happens when our thinking and our emotions come under submission of the Holy Spirit. See, this is important, that God uses our intellect, he uses our logic, he uses our thinking in important ways, but only when they are placed in submission to, to the Lord's will. We talk about Jesus as Lord and Savior. You've heard that phrase. Do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And most people, most people... Like the idea of Jesus being our savior, that he is the one who saves us from sin. And hallelujah, he does. He is the answer. He is salvation. He saves us from sin. But we also know that Lord wants to be the Lord of our life. That's a different thing. A savior and a Lord. Lord means that we live in submission to his will and his plan. Our thoughts, our thinking, our emotions in submission to the Lord. So, Paul did not go to Asia. There's a couple of different theories of why he didn't go. Some people say, well, he, he was ill. Some people say that he'd heard rumors about persecution there and he was afraid that that might happen or didn't think that was the, the best strategic. Whatever the case is, whatever or however these reasons factored into his thinking, it's most important to know this. Paul had walked with the Holy Spirit long enough to be spirit sensitized. Now, I'm going to say that again. Spirit sensitized is like tuning in. Uh, We used to have radios. I guess we still do have radio stations, you know, and you have to take a, we used to call those radios that they, we used to call them tuners. You'd have to tune into a frequency to catch a signal. Well, it's the same way We, we are tuned into the Holy Spirit. We have a His frequency in operation in our life. Paul was prayer-saturated. His life was in communication with the Holy Spirit. So for Paul, a no in one direction meant an incredible yes in another direction. When the door was shut, Paul continued moving on to new cities in Galatia, following the mission of preaching Christ to the world. He didn't stay there contemplating uh, what the Lord was going to do. He knew. It was active waiting, listening and trusting that God was at work. And so when he and his friends approached uh, the border, the spirit, we read the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go further. And so here it's it's a little more active. Another door is closed in front of them. From a geographical point of view, this there was only one alternative that seemed best. And the clear thinking would suggest that they head east to Troas. It was a logical decision. And then in Troas, the Lord uses another type of communication. There was a a Macedonian man who appeared with an urgent plea. Come over to Macedonia and help us. It was a vision Paul had that confirmed the work of the Holy Spirit. And Paul woke up. He knew that the last months of his life had been for a purpose. Paul's missionary journey all begins to make sense. And it's so cool. How he meets in these, in this few little this little little passage in Acts sixteen, how he meets Timothy and Luke and Lydia, all through the leading of the Holy Spirit, in a way that he hadn't anticipated. Think about this for a moment. The Holy Spirit kept Paul and his companions from going to Asia, The Spirit didn't allow them to go to Bithynia. The Lord was the source of his conclusion to go to Macedonia. This was not a careless course of events, but an affirmation of the Holy Spirit's leading and direction in life. And that's why Paul says in Galatians 5.16, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It means keeping step with the Holy Spirit. I like the imagery of that, keeping step, keeping pace. It means day in and day out, moment by moment, listening, following the direction of the Holy Spirit. Don't you want that in your life? Don't you want to have the kind of life where you keep pace with the Holy Spirit, where where you are walking with the Spirit? Well, there's a few things I think that can help us with walking in the spirit. The first thing that we should know about walking in the spirit is that walking requires movement. You ever seen somebody walk standing still? I don't think you can. We say walking in place, but that's more like marching. People march in place. People ever walk in place? No. Walking implies actually, walking demands movement. If you walk, you're gonna go somewhere. It means Starting out at one place and ending at another. I mean, walking in spirit is the same. If you are walking with the spirit, you are moving somewhere. You are moving in a direction where God is taking over more of your life, where God is at work in your life, where you are growing, where you are learning, where you are being built. You are being created and being molded into the image of Christ. It means not being content with where you are. You know, this is so important. Because it has been said that if you always do what you've always done, you will always be where you already are. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it's true. That's true. You can't walk by the Spirit and never go anywhere. You're going somewhere. That's why our faith experience is considered a walk, because you're moving in your faith. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. They, they are content with a one experience of the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe they were moved, and and they share that same story over and over again, and you just want to say, isn't the Lord doing anything new in your life? I mean, really? You can't be content with a one experience of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is at work. There's a danger in not moving in relationship with the Holy Spirit. You have to keep step. In fact, the Bible indicates that there is a time for spiritual infancy, But then there is a time where we have to grow up in our faith a few years ago i had a uh, a rather unpleasant experience um i had been working on a project in the garage and it was a hot day and i came in and i was really thirsty and sometimes, when you're really hot and thirsty, the only thing that can quench you, your thirst is a cold uh, glass of milk. Maybe strange to some of you, but some of you it may sound good. And so I was open up our refrigerator, and I poured myself the biggest glass of milk you could imagine. And I was so thirsty, I took a big drink, and then it hit me. There was something wrong with that milk. I pulled out the container, and I read the expiration date, and it still had several days to go, but I had just opened it. It was a brand new container of milk, and it had already gone bad. And so I I was a little upset about this. I drank a good portion of it already. (laughs) I told my wife, I said, Amanda, I know you just just got this from the grocery store, but it's bad. Um, That's not right. We paid good money for this milk. Take it back. Let's take it back. And uh, she said, OK, we'll get we'll get to it. I'll take it back to the store. So it was cold uh, uh, outside on that day. So we just set it outside the milk outside on the porch. Uh, and it was there for a couple days. And uh, so a couple days later, uh, and I didn't know this, but the weather had warmed up. And so we had moved. The milk was moved from outside on the porch back in the refrigerator. And I thought, oh, that's great. The milk has been taken to the store. It's been replaced. Uh, I'm so thirsty for some milk. So I poured another big glass of milk. And, well, needless to say, I, it was not any better. I will, not spare, I will, not, I will spare you the details of tell you, telling you how terrible that experience was for me. And to this day, I never drink milk without smelling it first. But there's a real spiritual lesson in this. Because the same is true about spiritual milk. It goes bad. It goes bad. 1 Peter two two says, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. It doesn't exactly tell us what the expiration date is on spiritual milk, but there is one. We should know we can, we can only drink milk for so long before we must move on to eating spiritual food. Paul, later on in his his letter to Corinthians, expresses some disappointment to the people of God when he says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You see, if we walk by the Holy Spirit, he will lead us to solid food. Walking in the Spirit means moving in a direction where we are growing in our lives. We are taking steps of faith. We are trusting. We are experiencing God more and more and learning to follow better and better. The Spirit is always leading in our lives and always in ways that are best. That's why the Spirit, He leads couples to wait until marriage before they have sexual relationships. That's why the Spirit leads us to forgive those who hurt us. That's why the Spirit leads us to trust not in our own strength, but in His way. The Spirit leads us to live lives that are holy, to live lives that are trusting, to live lives that are full of faith in Him. So how does he do it? How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Well, there are a couple of ways we can say right off the bat. First of all, he uses the Bible. He uses God's word. And and not like the illustration earlier, not randomly, not haphazardly. God uses the Bible when we intentionally study, when we memorize, when we apply, when we engage. I always say that if you read the Bible and you haven't changed, then you haven't really read the Bible. Because the Bible is a source of conviction. It's a source of work of the Holy Spirit. In fact, sometimes you, you have to do Bible, you have to do battle with the Bible. You have to do battle with the Bible, meaning you have to put your, wor- your will and God's will up together and you have to let and realize that God's will is going to prevail. That's how we are changed by the words of the Bible. Another thing God uses is community. The Holy Spirit leads us when we are in connection with Christian community. We need each other to, to encourage each other, to instruct each other, to pray for each other. You know, if, if you are not in Christian community, the Holy Spirit is struggling to lead in your life. Christian community is so important. Sunday morning worship is one part of that. Bible study, study group, groups that meet and focus on the work of Christ are so important to our lives. Community. And one more thing, the Spirit also leads us through challenging situations. It is one way that God works in our life. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 reminds us, We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Now, sometimes it's hard to see that. I don't know too many people who say, I'm going to sign up for that one. Give me the challenge growth path. I want I to want to. the Bible's okay, community's okay, but I really want the challenge. Lord, send me some challenging circumstances in my life. Has anybody ever prayed that? I'm just checking to make sure you're awake. Okay. Nobody wants that, but God uses that because challenges come. Sometimes with tears, even with tears streaming down our face, we said, Lord, why? Why is this happening to me? It hurts. Lord, where are you? Sometimes in the moment, we, we can't always see, but know. God promises and is with us every moment of the way. Because here's the thing. God is more concerned with who we are than what we do. Let me say that again. God is more concerned with who we are than what we do. And that's different than what the world tells you. The world tells you, we don't care who you are, what do you do? That's what matters. Your professors and your teachers at school don't really care too much about who you are when you aren't there. They just want to see you perform. They want to see you excel. Your boss at work, he doesn't care so much about how nicely you treat people. What he really wants you to do is to, to land that deal, to, to take the company to the next level. It's, the world is more concerned with what we do, what we produce, but the Lord is more concerned with who we are god looks at it differently what matters more is your heart and your character and your mind so here's the question and here's my hope for you today are you walking with the holy spirit are you in step with the spirit let me give you three thoughts three ways that will help first of all remain in the flow of the Spirit with consistent prayer and openness for how the Holy Spirit is at work, how the Holy Spirit is influencing your life and making his guidance clear. Remain and recognize, secondly, recognize how the Lord is at work around you. Have your eyes wide open to his work, to his way, and to what he's teaching you in his word. And thirdly, know, know That the Lord is able. He is able to get you to Troas. But maybe you don't want to go to Troas. (laughs) He is ready to take you. He is able to take you where he wants to go. And my friends, you don't want to be anywhere else. You only want to be where the Lord wants you to be in your life, in your career, in your marriage, in your relationship, in every aspect of life. Are you walking with the Holy Spirit? Are you in step with him today? Let us pray. Lord, we are so thankful that you are truly at work. We are thankful that the Holy Spirit is here guiding us with a plan. And Lord, help us to be people who are in step with the Holy Spirit, walking with you, moving in that direction where you are shaping us, drawing us closer to you, helping us to trust and have faith and to live fully in your kingdom and in your way. We thank you and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.